I went into working with my dad during lockdown, and that's reached over 1 million subscribers on YouTube and 7 million followers on TikTok. Imagine getting 10 million followers on your social, hundreds of millions of views. My next guest is gonna teach you how he did just that for his customers and how he can do it for you too. Curtis, what do you think people need to do to get it right? I think a lot of people make selfish content, but that's not always how you should start. That's a key to success is to give more than you get. You can never be an expert if you're a jack of all trades. If you're building a, a following on social media, you can't be great at everything. Lead with the stuff you're best at. You can branch out afterwards. I mean, how does the monetization side work? Our mission is to help 10 million people start and grow a business for free. We want nothing from you. In Pep Talk, we interview industry-leading experts from around the world who share actionable know-how and life lessons. That's why we're excited to partner with GoDaddy to power up Pep Talk. I've been using GoDaddy for years and would promote them on this podcast even if they didn't sponsor us. You can use their free website builder and start your online business at no cost and even get help these days with naming your business. For 40% off GoDaddy tools, click the link in the podcast notes below and use the code GDXPEPTALK. Great, great, to, great to be here. Wonderful <laughs> to hear, uh, you know, have you here with us in the studio. Look, let's start off by telling the audience that don't know about you a little bit about your history. So I first started off, I, I left school, I went in to start my own business uh, doing videography. And then um, I worked with lots of clients, traveled the world, working with big brands such as Red Bull. Then I went into working with my dad during lockdown and we built up a, a channel on, on YouTube all to do with personal finance and investing. And that's reached um, over 1 million subscribers on YouTube and 7 million followers on TikTok. So we're really, really enjoying working together and helping as many people as possible. Now, you've been helping us with our podcast and our content, and actually, I've learned so much from you. It's one of the reasons I wanted you to come on the podcast today and share with our audience all the things that we've learned from you. Yeah, I was so really happy when you invited me on. No, we, 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 we feel lucky to have you here because we know how busy you are with your millions of followers across all the social media platforms that you now manage. But, but tell us, where does it begin, uh, for people listening, where does it begin to uh, be successful uh, on social media? Where do you think people should start? If, they, if they're listening now and they want to start or they've got a social media, channel isn't working what do you think people need to do to get it right i think a lot of people make selfish content and to put that that they make what they want to make and um, they see social media as, as a place to put anything that they feel passionate about but that's not always how you, you should start so we've had a lot of um, clients come in my consulting business and one of them for example is a, a musician and he wants to write his own music and put that out there into the world and that's understandable but how is anyone going to find what he's putting out there when he's not actually putting content that people want to watch so first, you've got to focus on giving to people first, which is the same with anything in life, and it's uh, what I've used in business. Then you can actually receive. So if you give more than you receive, then you're going to be successful. So he can start off doing videos, maybe reacting to content or doing challenges around music. People come in, and then they find his original content. So I think that's a, that's a key to success is to give more than you get. And I think a lot of people listening will actually be reflecting on that point. Mm. And it's very hard to know what you think is giving and what isn't giving. Mm. So, for example, if you are a music 
person you're mm. able to create music you are mm. giving you think yeah by producing that yeah. music and putting it out yeah. there but like you say that in some people's eyes is not giving because they yeah. don't necessarily know who you are or appreciate your music yeah exactly so and i also find that they they give all of their best stuff first and then it's all out there and then no one's there to listen to it so you need to build that audience first and then the, there's a big audience there for when you do want to release your best stuff sometimes people then re-release their music afterwards because right. then they've got that audience yeah you don't know why but this story you mentioned there reminds me of uh, matt groaning who created the simpsons yep, yep. he originally gave the simpsons to the studio as something rubbish he didn't really think was that really? good because he wanted to do futurama yeah. that was his big jewel yeah. in the crown so he gave them the simpsons as a way of getting in the door his rubbish idea uh, that eventually <laughs> and then that was the best one that actually yeah. it turned out to be yeah. um, you know not in matt groaning's mm. eyes he, mm. he he thinks futurama is mm. better but there's an interesting point again so mm. people don't necessarily put out the very best they've got yep. they build up to it yeah and so i know from the learnings you've given us you know niching down and mm. these sorts of things anything you, know, you can teach us about about focus yeah, so when I first, I'll, I'll go back to my videography business at the start. When I first started, I was trying to be a, a generalist. I was doing wedding videos, music videos, um, everything that came my way. Um, and I was charging a little bit of money to do that. First off, I started free and then I built up my portfolio. But then you can never be an expert if you're a jack of all trades. So I think that's a big learning in business. And also, in, if you're building a, a following on social media, you can't be great at everything. You can be really, really good at one thing. And that's what's really going to get you through the door. So it's like a, an arrowhead approach. You lead with the stuff you're best at. And then maybe later on, on uh, along the line, you can then do stuff that other stuff, um, not necessarily just the speciality that you're doing. But that comes afterwards. You can branch out afterwards. That's why I think. Think anyway. mm. And so uh, for people listening, how does that translate into actionable items? So people should look at what they're good at mm. personally, if, they, if they're going to be in front of the camera mm. and focus in on that and then look for a niche. Like I know um, mm. when you built up your dad's channel, yeah. it was financial literacy, really. Yeah. Right? And uh, yeah, financial awareness as well. Not not financial advice. <laughs> no, not financial advice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, again, that, that financial literacy is, is uh, I often tell people that as an entrepreneur, I'm pretty good at business, but mm. I'm not financially literate. So that's why I don't have a financial literacy channel i know how to yeah. make money yeah, yeah but that's not the same as investing money right yeah, I, I feel like you're you're definitely getting to that point where you are though like with all the nft projects um so well that's an education isn't it yeah and, and i it's think it's always improving it, yeah no mm. but again i wouldn't probably lead with it as a as and maybe people listening if you know what yeah. you're good at you should really get better at it and mm. not just try to do things you're not good at especially yeah. if you see because the other thing i think that um i see on social media is people will see that a certain person is successful and they'll try and copy them mm. and, and not be themselves, yeah. right? So, I mean, that, that, that's an easy track to fall into for mm. a lot of people, isn't it? Yeah, I think there is something to copying. And I think a lot of people start off copying and it gets them creating the content. But the way that I think to do it successfully is to look at all the people that are successful in your area or your niche. So you know there's a hungry audience for your content and then take the best aspects from all of those different channels, mix them in with a bit of originality from yourself because nothing's truly original. So then you get to a point where you have got original content and then you can start gaining followers on there. You're never going to be the perfect, like lots of people's tried to copy Casey Neistat back in the day. You're never going to be better than him if you just copy everything he does. 
but you can take different aspects from other channels and maybe be the best version of yourself. That's something you can do. I, I'm actually very inspired by Casey Neistat. Mm. He followed me on Twitter recently. It was like my, my biggest achievement That's last, awesome, year. last yeah. year. That was my biggest <laughs> achievement. And, I, uh, I once got an email back from Casey Neistat about wow. something. I was like, whoa. <laughs> wow, we need to throw this up on the screen. Yeah. What, what was the email? Oh, no, it was just me saying like, I, I think I actually I commented, oh, this guy is um, looking, at, looking doing the same style as you or something like that. And he went, oh, thanks for, for letting me know. But that was like years ago, like when I was 16, I was like, wow he actually responded to that, me that's incredible that's yeah. the other thing isn't it i think social media um and and, and, I, and i've noticed this and, and i'm sure in your business you've seen it too that if you actually engage mm. on the comments actually talk to people mm. you as the person not you yeah. hire someone to do yeah, it yeah, yeah, yeah it makes a huge difference and, and that's one of the tactics i think you're doing on your channels right? yeah that, that's a huge thing so imagine you had like five comments on your youtube video then you responded to every one of those five now you've got 10 mm. now if they respond to those comments you could have 15. So you've you've tripled your engagement just by responding to people. And you're building like long-term loyalty there because I think, oh, like if it was my dad, oh, it's Mark or, oh, it's Curtis. And we know him because we've chatted to him before and we want to watch his stuff. But the other thing I, n I noticed that you do that I think people could learn from is that you video you replying to people on comments and put it on things like stories. Yeah, yeah. So then people can see yeah. on other platforms yeah. that you're replying on that platform, which is really clever psychology, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it's like, oh, we got to get over there. We've got to get our questions in, you know, we're going to get an answer and they can see it's actually you, not some agency out in like, I don't know, China or something, yeah. just replying to yeah. comments. Is there an agency in China that can reply to all your comments? <laughs> that would be a good business. Maybe in India though. There's, yeah. there's a lot of people that do that in India, um, but there's a lot of um, spam comments and, and um, all of those people trying to scam people on the comment sections, which is a big problem at the moment, but we're trying to get away from that. I, I did find it at one point I was on Clubhouse mm. um, and every day going live and I used to my dms were literally like thousands mm. of dms a week mm. and it got quite stressful mm. actually getting back to everybody and then you don't you miss a few people they get offended yeah so how do you manage the overload on that side um that's a hard one it's it's very hard we we see most of the dms that come through um but lots of the people ask a question they're like oh can i ask a question and that's the worst thing to ask because then yeah. you've already asked your question right. uh, and now we have to say sure and then we have to make sure to see it again um, which is a problem. And then if we don't see it, they think we just ignored their question. So if, they, if someone's going to ask a question, I'd make sure to be you know, not a massive paragraph. There's your question. It's very clear. We can help you. Then there's no problem answering it. But when it's a, a massive paragraph, we have to decide what is their actual question and it's very hard to then reply to those people. Exactly the same thing. This, this now becomes a two-sided education mm. for people listening. Mm. If you want to talk to people on mm. social media that you think can help your business, can support your business, mm. can endorse your business, then don't say, hey, is it okay if I ask you a question? <laughs> yeah. You know, just ask the question. Yeah. And the other thing that I get that I just, you know, I really, I, I want to reply to everybody, but people do five-page messages Mm. And so, you know, I try to skim to see if there's mm. a question. Mm. So do I. To, yeah. to see, yeah. see, I don't want to let people down, but no one's got time to reply to 20,000 mm. comments of long five five page messages, mm. right? So just keep it short as well. It's a yeah. good, good point for people, yeah. right? It's like their life story sometimes, isn't yeah, it? Exactly, like, sure, yeah, exactly. Sure, we'd love to know that once you've implemented some of the advice and maybe then we see that you're, you're working on something. And that's a great thing as well to do. If someone does give you advice and you manage to reach out to someone, let them know like, oh, this is what I've been doing. And, mm. And then you feel like helping them more because you see the progress. The other thing I've, I've personally been leveraging a bit lately is voice. Mm. 
So I actually just leave people a voice message mm. and it shows that you're not just some weirdo somewhere. They can hear your voice if, yeah. you're, if you're mad or not, right? So, <laughs> but there's, some, there's yeah. some instant connection there that exactly. I find. And I tell people, hey, don't write long messages. Just leave mm. me a quick voice clip. Mm. Um, I've been reading out my uh, comments to my son as well. So I yeah. tell people, try to keep it nice because I'm reading it to my four-year-old. Yeah. Right? But it's, it's an interesting thing. Like the algorithm mm. is something always comes up mm. are there any tips let's focus on on tiktok for a second do you do you feel like uh, there's an algorithm thing i noticed on your content for mm. example you consistently have high views whereas on my content sometimes i have a lot of views and then very low a lot mm. of views and, uh, and very low so how do you how do you manage that yeah tiktok's a completely different beast to youtube um everything hits the algorithm and then it depends who uh, what video it goes against so it's kind of like a survival of the fittest if the video is um, tweaked the correct way then anything can go viral but then depending on your follower count that also doesn't mean that the big followers will always get the views so it's a it's a very equal platform rather than YouTube you're guaranteed a certain amount of views and then it might hit the algorithm and if you have a very small channel you're not going to hit it at all really so TikTok's a great place to start if you don't have followers but yeah you've got to tweak in a certain way Way, get that hook correct um, and pull people through the video make sure there's no dead spots like lots of people leave um, breaths in their videos so when they're they're asking a question uh, answering something or, or saying something on camera they're like right and they start the video like that as well they're like yeah. And I'm saying that because I've seen that in one of your videos. Yeah, yeah before. that's true. And then you changed true. it though. I, I did. Well, I learned it. from you. Yeah, yeah. Because sometimes you also um, you have to edit it, and it's yeah. not so easy to edit it. So if yeah. you're doing like, I wait now a few seconds mm. because I'm recording, and mm. then I start talking. Because mm. otherwise, you press recording, you're like, and everybody, and you're trying to get the oxygen. Yeah, in. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think we're telling people not to breathe when they make <laughs> content. Is that? Or just, just a little disclaimer it. down the bottom. Yeah, yeah. 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 But, yeah. Um, but yeah, you've got to be natural as well. Like you can't reel something off without breathing. So yeah, of course, a little breaths are fine but when it's like the key crucial hook and you're spending one second of your three seconds breathing in then it's, it's just not going to work if this podcast is inspiring you to start or grow a business then i recommend you use taylor brands they are our sponsor for this podcast and they help you not only craft a brand but design merchandise and so much more in the last year i've used this site for every single one of my businesses i couldn't recommend them more and we've even negotiated a 40 percent off discount code for you just use pep P-E-P, -E when using their website to make your booking. Now, let's get back to the podcast. So just carrying on with the TikTok mm. uh, learnings for a second. So, of course, that hook at the beginning mm. is really important. And like you say, bring people through the video yeah. and getting people to watch to the end mm. is a big thing on TikTok too, right? Because then yeah. TikTok sees that it's content that's... And, and if you can get people to watch it again for a few seconds, it really makes That's a where the right? magic is, you know, yeah. watching more than 100%, getting that repeat view. Mm. Um, and what we like to do is when we're dragging people through the video, we're dragging through with, with questions like each so we have a two-person narrative usually that we use and then we ask a question to one person then the other person answers and then so on so there's never an end to the narrative and then there's a lesson at the end but usually throughout we put like different information different tips that they have to watch again to then read those tips so that will give us that 100 uh, more than 100 percent watch time and so that's a little trick that we've used and we always make it under 30 seconds as well so that it's easier for people to watch more at the end of this podcast, we're going to make a TikTok and put it up on TikTok. You can guys can go and see the uh, master in action. So <laughs> awesome! Um, but the the so I guess um, the, the other thing people ask a lot about is like the hashtag strategy. Mm. And, but focusing on TikTok for a second, yep. we'll go over to YouTube in a minute, which we know mm. a million subs yeah. in a year that you managed to get on YouTube. Incredible! Yeah. I, I do um, prefer YouTube as a platform, um, but TikTok's great 
for people starting off. Our right. Answer. Yeah. If we put that into TikTok, they'll probably block it. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, but it's, it's, I think, I guess the thing with YouTube, it's monetizable as well, isn't yeah. it? Much easier. Mm. Uh, TikTok does have a monetization mm. system, but it, it feels like it's very weak compared to, say, YouTube's ability to generate return on investment. Yeah. I think it's very hard for, for them to actually monetize it correctly because they, well, they can put like adverts every fifth swipe or something, but then how do they attribute those adverts to the content and how do they distribute it correctly? Mm. I think at the moment they've just got the, the fund that then they distribute and I think that's out their own pocket rather than ad revenue. But yeah, there, there must be a way to eventually do it. But it's such a great concept, isn't it, to get people watching? Totally. I think the, um, the but I think your strategy, uh, the, and again, you, you know, I, I've only studied what you've done, so you mm. feel free to say what you've done, but is that you, you became very big on TikTok. Yep. You really focused a lot of time mm. and energy on getting TikTok right. And yep. that led to people who became fans following you through to YouTube. Is that, yep. is that fair to say? Yeah, no, definitely. There was um, specific things we did to pull people over to the YouTube channel, um, like uh, just make a piece of content that stands on its own, which was important, not just adverts for the YouTube channel channel but then um drag people like if you want to see more then there's more on the yt channel you can't say youtube because then that'll get blocked is that by the i algorithm. thought it was an urban legend is that actually true if you well, say youtube on it then they go oh no we're blocking that <laughs> maybe it's an urban legend but okay. that's what i believed um yeah. and if i was TikTok, i always try and put my mind in the platform's uh, situation so would i want someone advertising my their youtube video on my platform Probably not, because it's going to stop the watch time. It's going to stop the watch session. It's going to leave your site. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I would just imagine that that's how it, they it, would it, think. And I think yeah. it's right. I think it's right. It's just um, I find it interesting um, how, how, how sometimes these things become, like let's mm. talk hashtags, for mm. example. I, I, I speak to someone every single day who's got a different opinion on hashtags. Yeah. But what's your view from all the experience you've had? Yeah, so we always use learn on TikTok, uh, hashtag learn on TikTok, because that was um, something that TikTok told us to use a while ago. And that's our content. If your content isn't learning, then obviously it's not going to be applicable. Our, mil our millions of listeners are now about to use learn on TikTok. <laughs> now it's going to be flooded. Now it's, it's going to be flooded. For anyone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, think I think it's think already got like 60 billion yeah. or something, some ridiculous A number, lot of people yeah. use it. But YouTube, would, uh, TikTok, sorry, was having a real push on learning content because they wanted to make the platform not just singing and dancing, but actually um, educational as well. So I think that is a, is a real point to use hashtag learn on TikTok. And we always put that first. And then we have four hashtags, two that are narrow, two that are broad, meaning like, narrows in not many views on the hashtag and broad having lots of views on the hashtag then you can work your way up the the narrow hashtag to the top hopefully get more views and then it'll help you boost up the broad hashtags that was my strategy from the from the beginning now we kind of use more broad hashtags just because we we probably can but when you're a smaller tiktok creator then doing that strategy really helped us mm. Uh, I tried something, um, and by the way, for my listeners listening, I'm a fraction of the success of Curtis and his team. So listen to Curtis, not me. But uh, we, we, we've tried a strategy of creating our own hashtags. Mm. So we have learn entrepreneurship. Yep. And so we've managed to get 180 million views wow. uh, leveraging that as our own. Yeah. But other people are using it, but yeah. we, we've we've kind of made it our one of our main ones. And then Be yeah. Your Own Boss, which we ran a yeah. partnership with TikTok, has mm. got nearly 500 million views. Yeah, it? that went crazy, yeah, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. And you're, you helped, actually. You were involved mm. in that. So I think that 
it's interesting to also mm. own your own hashtag yeah. and start to build that up. Um, yeah, I think that's for when you're slightly bigger, um, then you can have that power and then other people are going to see you using it. So then they're going to use it as well because they think, oh, that's their secret source that's making them successful. But then it does help you as well. Mm. So that's that's a good point, actually. We should start doing that. Yeah, no, why not? <laughs> I did, and, and so I've wow, taught yeah, you something. There we go. That, that's, that surprised me. I think um, the other thing, I, I, I'm switching to YouTube for a minute. Mm. The other thing I think, of course, people are always interested in mm. is like how much do YouTube pay people, yeah. you know? So you, I think one of your videos, um, I was just looking at a million views, you know, you, 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 huge, huge traffic. Yeah. I mean, how does the monetization side work? Because I think it varies depending on what sort of content you're producing, doesn't it? Yeah, so it depends on your niche, um, how much uh, CPM you get um, per thousand views. Um, so with maybe a beauty channel, it'd be mid-range. Um, I'm just chucking some numbers out there, probably five, I don't have a beauty channel, but $5 per thousand views. Um, then a car channel, channel will probably be 10 and then our kind of finance channel in in the 20s so it depends on the time of year as well um we just had january which was uh, not a great month for ad revenue because all the advertisers blow their budgets in december and then they don't have as much money to spend in january so that was a real shock and this year has been the worst january for, for years you know so it does depend on your type of content and um when you're we're posting the videos Interesting, yeah. It's um, and that makes people probably think about you know if they're listening, what content they could, should go after. Is there anywhere mm. out there? There must be a site that actually shares what what is the most valuable content to share. Now I know the most yeah. uh, the richest YouTuber, I guess, is an eight year old who opens <laughs> yeah. up presents yeah, yeah. and makes forty. Ryan's million. toy reviews. Isn't That's it? right, yeah. and he just opens up presents. Yeah. Must be every kid's dream. Exactly. I'm scared yeah. to show my four year old mm. that YouTube channel because he's going to think that's a career, like <laughs> just getting getting stuff for free and then opening it up yeah. and making millions. I, I can see you making a YouTube channel like that. Yeah, I, I think yeah. I, maybe I should. <laughs> I should. I'll give up this uh, education in business yeah. luck. We could do both. Just do, we yeah. could do both. But it is, um, it, you know, is it, is there one that's up there like that? Or is finance feels like it probably is. Yeah, I'd say the top. top one is Amazon FBA. That content gets like $40 uh, dollars per thousand views. Wow. Um, and that's because if, if you're doing an Amazon FBA mm. um, education series, mm. then every Amazon FBA product business will be advertising mm. in front of you, won't they? Exactly. And it's uh, targeted marketing for them, um, advertising as well. But I would say it don't pick your niche based on what's paying the best, just because you're not going to have your heart in it. So you won't get as many views. So even if you did like a beauty channel and you had, you've got more views, you have the possibility of getting millions of views per video Whereas an Amazon FBA channel. It doesn't have that possibility, maybe 50 K to hundred K. So you could be earning the same amount doing what you love. Um, it just depends on the amount of views you get. Very good point. And I, I, I always tell people build a brand, not a business. Mm. People get caught, don't they, by mm. building what looks like a monetary mm. way of building a life yeah. as opposed to a sustainable way. And that actually brings me mm. to something I want to ask you. How do you manage to keep going? I mean, you're producing so much content mm. for your clients, for yourself. Mm. How do you do that? I mean, how do you keep going? Yeah, sometimes sometimes it's hard, but um, I've learned the the importance of a team and actually hiring people uh, along the way. And I'd say that's one of my big mistakes. I didn't hire people soon enough. And I tried to do um, everything like filming, um, writing, um, editing all myself, which was just way too much pressure. And you're always like, we're doing TikToks like twice a day at one point during lockdown. And it was great fun. And the, the grind and the, the hustle culture like Gary Vee talks about it is great for a certain period of time, but then you get burnt out and you need someone along on the journey with you. And that's why it was great to have dad um, as well as uh, we've got Kai now and Sam who edits our videos. So it's great to have a team together where we can enjoy it and 
and then push together on our goals and it doesn't feel like it's all on our shoulders. Mm. I think this is a very good point for the listeners listening. I have felt the same thing that no one can do it on their own. Mm. You, know, you, you, definitely, uh, you definitely need to get some people in that can help you. Mm. But I think there is always that cash flow, right? There's always that. I mean, YouTube takes mm. years to build up in mm. reality. It's incredible mm. what you've done in a year with your YouTube channel. And I think it was but, a TikTok that really fast-tracked that, actually. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you built up a fan base, really, mm. right? You, you, you brought value for a long time mm. to people, and, they, and that translated into YouTube. But equally, YouTube is a different animal. Mm. You've had to really work that channel, mm. right? But I think uh, what I see for a lot of people, I mean, podcasts even, the average podcast doesn't get passed for episode four really um, so wow. you know, that's on average so and i know you've launched a podcast yeah. so tell us a little bit about why you decided to launch a podcast for my people mm. listening my, my, my anyone that wants to listen to your podcast we'll put the links down below but awesome. perhaps uh, tell people why you started that yeah our, our podcast is uh, like father like son so it's, it's about sharing our different perspectives based on maybe our age and our experiences and um, dad's in a, a product-based business where he sells radio controlled models whereas i'm in a service-based business where um, i teach people how to run a youtube channel uh, and also videography uh, in the past, not so much now. Um, but it's sharing our different opinions based on investing, business, and then having guests on to talk about business with them um, and investing and anything they're doing, really. We like to keep it quite broad. Um, we had a guy that was um, counting cards recently, and he was uh, really cool to talk to because you actually see that as a viable business. Like He is learning how to win at blackjack over time. He's got an investor. And he, we always ask, like, what's your best investor? What, what thing would you invest all your money in if you could? And if you if you had to and he said in blackjack because he knows that the return would be there wow. he just needs to play for long enough well gambling is an interesting mm. element isn't it because i think entrepreneurship people would say you, you have to be a gambler to be an entrepreneur but i think calculated gambles you know yeah. and, and sometimes this is one of my issues with crypto in a way you put money mm. into bitcoin there's not much we can do unless you're elon musk no. to affect the price right he's it, clever it, with that though isn't well he? he's very clever <laughs> i'd love to know his actual holdings yeah. i wish it was a bit more transparent but it, it is uh, it, it is ultimately not mm. something generally you can control whereas mm. if you're investing in your own youtube yeah. channel and you're putting time into it you can control it yeah. and if you're persistent and you, you you're consistent over time yeah. it, you know it will have some sort of success right yeah i'm always um concerned about how many people throw their money into crypto like all of their money and then they don't put it into their business yeah and they think that that's less risky it, it's so shocking actually yeah. well I, I feel the same way about stocks and shares and just a disclaimer we're not we're not a finance channel <laughs> uh, but it is it is uh, it is interesting isn't it because it's almost like well I'll, I'll give all my money to that person over there mm. and hope whoever's running that company makes me rich yeah. as opposed to put the money into their own mm. personal brand for example which mm. i think is you know, everyone's going to be a personal brand going forward. Mm. You know, every single person who gets hired or works for themselves has a personal brand element to it. Right? Yeah. So it's, it's such a superpower. And I think lots of people are, look, uh, are overlooking that. Even on Dragon's Den, like um, Stephen Bartlett has such a powerful personal brand now. And he's literally become the dragon. Like people yeah. are coming in there for him now because the others don't have that massive personal brand that they could have. And I think now people are going to start transitioning into building their personal brands a bit more because they're so important. So uh, you, you mentioned earlier, and just to end the podcast, because I know we only have you for a short amount of time, but to end the podcast, you know, you mentioned earlier about how you wish you'd hired people mm. earlier. Um, are there any other learnings if you went back and told the younger Curtis? I mean, you're quite young. How old are you now? Uh, 23 now. 23. Yeah. You're so you're so far ahead of the game, I think. But, you know, if you went back to the younger Curtis, mm. um, what, what advice would you give? Um, 
I would just say constantly learn along the way and be open to new ideas. Um, one of the things I learned quite uh, quite young, I was about 17 or so, I went into an award ceremony for one of my videos at school. It, it got into the London award ceremony for uh, filmography. Um, and I went up there and they said they were going to give me a special mention. And I never got that special mention. I sat there watching all the other films. And I think that they're not as good as mine. Then I said a few things to the, to the people that I regret. Not rude as such, but I didn't bite my tongue as I should have done. So I think biting your tongue... Um, when you're coming up in business is a good thing and always learn that there is stuff you can learn along the way always know you can learn stuff and be open to new ideas and, and don't be shut off to like oh, I know everything already and there's nothing I can do differently because mm. people think that, that even if you get successful uh, you can lose it so quickly because you're not looking at what's next I think that that story you just shared there thank mm. you for sharing it it's a very personal uh, personal thing and mm. i think the listeners can learn a lot from that because often we're here you know if, if, if you see something in the world that's not right you feel that's not right just say it mm. but there is something to be playing the long game mm. i guess you know and thinking long term about the relationships you're building and not necessarily going straight to the judge and say you didn't mention me and yeah. burning a bridge right yeah, exactly and, and instead maybe yeah. being subtle about it and and so that's a good reflection and maybe actually. maybe understanding that they know a lot more than you do and it is is knowing that maybe they're looking at certain things that you don't even see because you're not even considering it um, and that's something I, I should have done back in the day but I I've taken that forward and it's really helped me in business the one big thing I, I take away every time I talk to you and I want people not to miss this is that you always put yourself in the shoes of other people you put your shoes you, you put yourself in the shoes of the owners of TikTok yeah and how they might feel yeah you, the and people the audience, the audience yeah. listening mm. of course and how they feel mm. what they need. And even here at the end, you're saying the same again, really. You put mm. yourself in the shoes of the judge that didn't mm. mention you, right? That is a superpower, by the way. That if, I, if my audience could pick up one thing from you today, it would be that. I've never yeah. really thought about it like it that. It really is. Yeah, it does, it does we're, make we're, sense. we're selfish as an individual yeah. unit, right? We're actually meant to be tribal, but mm. we've become selfish mm. as individuals. And and so you keep every time I ever meet you, you remind me of it. Hopefully my audience have also grasped that today. So yeah. thanks, Curtis, for taking time out. Thank you very much for having me. It's been great. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Pep Talk. We hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to follow The Purposeful Project on all our social media channels where we're giving away even more free business secrets and entrepreneurial value. Again, we'd like to thank our sponsor GoDaddy for powering this podcast. From naming a business to buying a domain name to building your website for free, GoDaddy has you covered. For 40% off GoDaddy tools, click the link in the podcast note below and use the code GDXPEPTALK. See you next time, entrepreneurs. And remember, you're not alone.